All right, welcome to another episode of An Inquiry into Freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. I'm Alan, and on the uh, a few states away is Ron. And so, uh, Ron, I wanted to kind of go back to the last episode and talk a little bit more about this uh, Trump indictment and the last couple of days um, where we've seen... No movement whatsoever. As a matter of fact, they they uh, suspended the uh, the voting from the grand jury yesterday, and then today said we're going to pause it until next week. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something? It 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 sounds like something got derailed, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think uh, another thing that uh, I find interesting is that there have been some some major players, the, the so-called experts, who have come out and said, if this district attorney, Alvin Bragg, um, actually prosecutes, that he could be uh, sent to prison for malicious prosecution and abuse of power. And civilly sued. And civilly sued. And yeah. I think... You know, as as um, aggressive and as uh, um, morally uh, above everyone everyone else as he wants to be, uh, he may be getting some advice from some people and saying, you know, the DOJ dropped this case, dude. If the federal government dropped this case, and and you know, we we have Michael Cohen's attorney coming out and and. You know, testifying to the grand jury that uh, this guy is a convicted liar and and he's lied all of his life and and you know, who are you going to believe? You going to believe the attorney or are you going to believe the client who went to prison, uh, who isn't a great guy, who wrote a book called Revenge, and said I'm not spending one effing day in jail no matter what it takes, uh, or are you going to believe his attorney? Um. Who, who's, you know, as far as the, the, the bar being set or level of uh, believability, he's he far outweighs anything Michael Cohen could ever say. I mean, you don't... Oh, yeah, he's actually... Um, he's, a, he's a completely disinterested party. He was just hired to be an attorney, and he actually was hired because he's a really good attorney. And he has, he's very ethical. I don't know how Cohen even got him, but um, he's obviously, from what I saw, someone who is who plays straight things straight down the middle. I've always thought all attorneys are pretty good at being just straight down the middle. Yeah, they're hired to to represent one side or another, but they they also are strategic thinkers. And they think about the other side. What would I do if I was the other side? Because yeah. all of them, all attorneys, I mean, anyone who's worth a dime, at least in my world of business, commercial real estate, they're trying to do deals that they don't have to undo, that they have an agreement that they don't have to blow up. They don't want to uh, go to court ever. They want things resolved out of court because yeah. they think they're good enough um, and they think anyone on the other side arguing it 
uh, can see both sides of it too. And they actually are trying to make a deal. They're deal makers. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how the guy struck me. He struck me as someone that, oh, wow, I could have used that guy a few times. But um, I also see where he's coming from. And he came forward like a, I think a good ethical attorney would and say, hey, I have problems with this. And and justifiably so. And, and I think that torpedoed what they had going on. And as for Braxton Bragg, um, wait. Alvin. Oh, Braxton. Oh, he was the Confederate general, wasn't he? <laughs> was he the guy? He wasn't one of those guys that started the KKK, though, was he? <laughs> wasn't that a different Confederate general? A well, Democrat I mean, I, Confederate general? They could be different people, but they're on the same path. Okay. So, <laughs> Braxton Okay, so it's not Braxton Bragg, even though they are both Democrats. Right. They could be related, Bragg though. I mean, well, yeah, probably so. Well, I don't. I can't imagine Braxton Bragg wouldn't have anything to do with the communists. But you know what's interesting about him too, though. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but he he's grasping at straws. Has been from the beginning, but he's getting desperate. And Bra Braxton Bragg. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. I and, think and, he's grasping at cocaine still. <laughs> yeah, his his next, <laughs> he said, I think that I might uh, bring charges against Donald Trump for um, uh, releasing uh, the information on his arrest prior to us even announcing that the grand jury was going to indict. Um, excuse me, what? So, so if I, if I say, if I went on social media and said, and I think the, the TBI is going to come to my house and arrest me, and it's completely false, that's against the law. Has this, has this guy, and you said communist, has this guy ever read the Constitution and understand that there's a First Amendment that states freedom of speech? And, yeah. and and you can't be charged or arrested for um, uh, speculation. Like Trump well, speculated he was going to be arrested. That's not illegal. Yeah. So talk about someone who's desperate and, and grasping for straws. I, I about fell over when I heard that laughing. I was like, what? Yeah, the guy, there's no way he ought to be in that position. And, that, you know, the, the old story about one bad apple spells a whole barrel. But how many bad apples are there in the justice system? The I really that, have to wonder. The more we look into it, the more we hear about these crazy, um, you know, indictments or charges. Yeah. Whether it's Trump or anyone else. There's well, a lot. There's precisely. A lot. Anyone who's ever, and I, I was in the civil side of things because uh, in business, you, you're just going to have to deal with the uh, civil courts at some point in time. And I, and I had to testify in court. I had to be a party to suits. And uh, yeah, I was never, I don't think I ever got, had to testify. Yeah, I've had to testify in criminal cases, but I was never a criminal tried or 
you know, representing or testifying for or against somebody. But um, as far as an expert witness, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I can say that most of the time I felt like, wow, what a big waste of time this is. I mean, if people only knew how screwed up the court system is and people, a lot of people actually believe in it. And it's like, as bad as it is, it really is the best. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, it's bad. That's why most attorneys who are good, they want to avoid the courtroom because anything can happen. But if you're going to hire someone to be a DA who's run for office, and he's run for office and wins based on the fact that he's going to go prosecute someone, specifically someone, anyone. In his case, he says, I'll, I'm, I want to go against Trump. Well, you know, uh, that's screwed up as far as I'm concerned. So it, it calls into question anything he does as a, an, an attorney. And it sure bolsters the case if Trump wants to uh, file a civil suit for malicious prosecution or anything like that. Then the guys, from what I've seen and heard, he's going to have his head handed to him if he doesn't stop. But, you know, if there's something there, I think I was... When we first talked about this stuff, I, I said, hey, if he did something wrong, he ought to go to jail just like anyone else. Sure. But I don't but think that anybody would disagree up. with that. No. Um, except you start talking about Democrats doing the same thing, and then all you hear is excuses. And it's like, well, wait a second. You believe in prosecuting people who break the law or not? Because if you don't, then shut the hell up about Trump or anyone else. Well, I'll give, you you great, I'll give you a great example. I'm going to play something. Let me know if you can hear this. This is this is not on my computer, but uh, I'm going to play this, uh, which is very kind. It pertains to our, our situation or what we're talking about, the uh, topic. And it's one of the alphabet agencies. It's, it's a hearing with the uh, ATF director. Um, and Representative Tiffany from Wisconsin is, is asking him a question. And I think this kind of reinforces what we are discussing, which is, you know, you, you can't have it one way but not the other. So in other words, you can't use your, your uh, position as a DA to prosecute someone and then someone who may have done the exact same thing you just kind of go oh well you know he's not trump so therefore you know we're just not gonna we're not gonna look into that it's let me try to play this yeah. Yeah, yeah let me see if i can let me see if you uh i'm gonna play this see if you hear it Mr. wilcox if a person lies on form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful nope. drugs okay um so, so basically, Mr. Tiffany, uh, Republican from Wisconsin, asked the question on a form 4473, if a person lies about being a drug user or a felon or whatever, 
His question is, um, you can get between five to 10 years for that. Can you get, uh, you get, uh, charged and you can receive between five and 10 years. The actual ATF person corrects him and said, no, you, no, I, be I believe Congress changed the uh, uh, sentence. Uh, Congress has changed the sentence to 15 years. Last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to 15. So it's years. up to 15 uh, why years. Why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for that? So guess what his next question is? Um, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for uh, lying on the 4473 form? Crime that he committed. I'm not aware of the facts of that case. And you know what happens? People in the, in the gallery gasp. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's a legitimate question mm -hmm. uh, proposed to the guy in charge of the ATF. And, and his response was, you know, I'm not aware of, uh, of that situation. It's kind of like <laughs> Attorney General Garland not being aware of what's going on in, in his own DOJ. Well, now he's aware. Well, so yeah. Uh, he can't comment on it. But he's like, I can't, I can't comment on that. To see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted. I mean, he said very clearly in his book that. He well, yeah, he can. So you know, Hunter Biden admitted on television and and in his book that, yeah, I was a drug drug user, and everybody knows. You know, we now know. So. So Hunter Biden is suing the owner of the uh, computer repair shop where he left his laptop for releasing uh, to the public his personal information. Uh, sorry, but he's going to lose that one. Well, we all know that. But, yeah. but some prosecutor somewhere is allowing this to happen, uh, even though... It's a frivolous lawsuit, and, and we should be against frivolous lawsuits in this country. They happen every day. Well, there shouldn't be a prosecutor involved in that, though. Well, whatever, the DA's office, whoever is allowed. No, it's, it's a civil. This isn't a civil case. I, I'm not quite sure. I didn't, I didn't really. Uh, oh. I, I don't know. It's got to be. It, but even so. I, I guess civil cases are different than criminal, and, and civilly you can sue for anything. Which, yeah. which, again, I'll make the comment, whether it's civil or criminal, frivolous lawsuits should be examined. And if they are found to be unwarranted, then they don't even go to court. Yeah, I agree. Some yeah. DA or, or a judge should look at it and say, you know what, this is a waste of taxpayer time and money. This is a waste of our, our resources. It's a waste of taxpayer money. Uh, hit the bricks. But, you know, I agree with the concept, and yet you know how many redress issues have been thrown out because of that. Exactly. But my point is this. So what happened to the, the laptop was Russian disinformation, and it didn't belong to Hunter, and none of the information on that laptop was legitimate. So if he is suing this man civilly for releasing his personal information, does that not blow the argument away that, 
that it was, I mean, we know it wasn't Russian dis disinformation, but it seems like everything that happens in this country is blamed on Putin and Russia. Yeah. And, and the amount of times that, that they have gotten away with this. Uh, Even before Ukraine came along. Isn't that a little odd that everyone's been trained all of this time before Ukraine that, oh, Putin's a bad man? Well, I think this, this crap has been brewing for a lot longer than anyone thinks. For sure. So I'm going to use a little sarcasm here. You know, we were, we were told, what was it? Uh, you know, scientists warned us that the Earth was going to be destroyed by 2025. Those same scientists are now warning that the earth could run out of conspiracy conspiracy theories by 2025 if they keep coming true at the current rate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's sarcasm and it's funny, but it's really not. Because all these yeah. conspiracy theories that are evolving are evolving from stories that the left labels as conspiracy theories. And then yeah. lo and behold... My gosh, two or three months, or even after some of our conversations, a few days later, uh, that's no longer a conspiracy theory. That's actually a fact. Yeah, it's a conspiracy fact. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and, and so Hunter, you know, and, and even his, you know, the hostile uh, occupant of the White House, his, his father, even said, oh, that, that's during the campaign. But the FBI knew but during the campaign and before the election that this laptop was real. And yet the DOJ allowed the media and the leftists to say it was Russian disinformation and a conspiracy theory. Where is Director FBI Director Ray today, uh, Merrick Garland? Why aren't they all called into a five-minute hearing and the committee members demand they apologize on camera to the citizens of the United States for lying? Yeah. If and you want to see there, a real... Instead, they want to build a new... Uh... FBI headquarters. If yeah, if you want to see a real hearing with some real results, that would be the kind of hearing that I would want to see. We don't have any yeah. questions for you. We all know that you that you misled the country, the the citizens and you knew just like you knew that the the Russian uh, collusion was a hoax, you knew that the laptop was real, but yet you you allowed uh, social media and big tech and and uh, the mass media to push a narrative that you knew was untrue. So now all, we have no questions. All we require of you today is for you to push the little button to turn your microphone on and apologize, and then you're dismissed. Could That's you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Uh, first of all, the left would lose their minds, but but real common sense people would go, man, I've been waiting to see something like that for 50 years. Yeah, makes sense. Actually, it does. I think that makes a ton of sense because if you don't apologize, then guess what? Your agency gets no money. 
Well, and it's funny you bring that up because I saw a uh, member of the House of Repre Representatives recently saying that currently they don't have any um, control over uh, money that's being dispersed at the moment. And that changes, I believe, in October. Yeah. And, and they're going to start defunding all these crazy... Listen, Ron, they raised interest rates yesterday, and Jerome Powell comes out and says, if you, if you paid any attention to what he said, and I just saw a snippet of it, I took one thing away from what he said. One thing. I didn't listen to any other crap, but this caught my attention. He said, we have to do something other than raise interest rates to address inflation. Well, wait a minute. Didn't, didn't you and the administration convince us that it was transitory and that the, uh, the um, uh, re re uh, Inflation Reduction Act was going to make sure that inflation didn't get out of hand? Is that, once again, another lie? And why aren't you apologizing for telling mm -hmm. everybody that inflation was infl uh, transitory and that the reduction, Inflation Reduction Act was going to ease the pain of the American citizens. When we all know that that was bullshit, and we all know now, after you said it during your, your press conference yesterday, having to raise interest rates again, you said specifically, everything else was noise. We're gonna have to do something else to lower inflation. Raising interest rates alone is not going to do it. Then, then, then you just really openly admitted to everyone that has common sense and who has been paying attention that you're liars. Yeah. Well, John Kennedy cross-examined him on that. I don't know if you saw that, but... I did not. He, he basically fried his ass. Um, he made Powell look like the bumbling idiot he is because yeah. he just would not admit that something needed to be done other than interest rate adjustments. And this was like less than 10 days ago. Mm -hmm. He's testifying on this very subject. And Kennedy basically put it this way was that um, historically that there are uh, only a few things that successfully stop inflation. Raising interest rates, um, raising unemployment, or reducing um, spending. That's it. Those are the only things that work. And, right, and for a couple of decades now, all that's been happening is interest rate adjustments. They've been trying to do everything off of monetary policy, mm -hmm. even though, even though we, I don't know why they call it, insist on calling it monetary when that's currency, but anyway, um, I guess it's just old habits won't die, but they've been insisting on, they being the Fed has been insisting on doing things with monetary, which, you know, it is their job, but it's also their job to speak up, which is what Kennedy gave him the opportunity to speak to. He said, uh, would, it, uh, would it not help 
if we stop spending so much money? And he wouldn't even admit to that. Yeah, because so, because so if anybody said, "Well, are you going to start raising?" You know, the, really, the only other way you can do it is to raise unemployment from where it is now, nominally at four percent or something, up ten percent. That's the only other way to reduce it to to where it was two years ago. And, <laughs> and he then, says, "No, and, we ha we don't need to do that." Well, no, and well, that's because it would cost the government more money. Because then, what happens if you? If of course, it would. Rate goes up, then everybody goes on assistance. Well, so you have to spend yeah. more. Yeah, and there goes your economy. It's tanked. <laughs> exactly. But the only way, the only effective way, which is what Kennedy's point was, is that you get in there and you cut all of this crazy spending and uh, you get your budgets back under control again. I mean, you can't, you can't keep spending $2 trillion more a year than you take in. It just... Uh, and and actually, they've been doing two to four trillion more a year than they're spending. So, and he just wouldn't even admit it. And now he comes out and he says, "Oh well, we're going to do a quarter of a point." Which is, why even bother? Why even bother raising interest rates a quarter of a point when you've got inflation this high? I mean, it's it's stupid. Why not just say we're going to give it a little bit of time and not mess with it this month? Because a quarter of a point does nothing. No, and not that's, to mention that's that. that's a fine tuning level. That's like right. we're going to turn this little screw on the carburetor a little bit just to see what that does. <laughs> well, they're not. Yeah, they're way past that. They need to rebuild the damn camshaft before they do that. So why are they messing with a quarter of a point? It's just insane. These people have no idea what they're doing. No, they're so, not economists by any stretch. No, not well, even. Well, but he is. That's the problem. Jerome Powell, and so is what are, whatever her stupid name is, uh, Janet Yelly, Yellen, Yellen, okay, Yellow. So she has no idea what she's doing either. No, that's it's, what I'm saying. They claim to be. That doesn't mean that they are. So well, you could you could claim I'm a weatherman. I'm I'm going to predict right now we have a fifty percent chance of rain tomorrow. <laughs> you know I'm I'm a weatherman after all. I've been predicting the weather for I don't know how long. Well, I mean you know you can claim to be a a girl when you're actually a boy. So well, they can some, claim yeah. to be an, an economist and they're not really an economist. I actually had an interesting exchange uh, yesterday or today. Um, on a post someone made that was a really cool-looking graph. It had something to do with the price of eggs. Oh, the producer price, or producer price index. And he pointed out how much eggs had gone up. And I, and I being the, you, you probably don't know this about me, but I'm a bit of a smartass. <laughs> Just a little bit. And, and I said something about, uh, well, wait a second. If the producer price index went up on eggs, um, the, that means the price of chickens went up because the chicken is the producer of the egg, right? Unless I have that wrong and the egg is the producer of the chicken and then the chicken produces the egg. <clears throat> so, um, as but as far as I can tell, the chicken... Costs are not up, 
And yet this graph doesn't include the cost of chickens producing eggs. Yet they're the producer of the eggs. So I'm a little bit confused about this, the poultry that's in motion here. And then he came back at me with something about um, the inelasticity of the market when it comes to the IQs of the people in charge, which makes sense. And having something to do with the uh, old rooster in the white hen house and whether or not he knows that it's daylight outside. Like, hmm. As far as I know, the old hen in the rooster house um, thinks he's a, a pastel-colored eunuch corn. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, it actually degraded from there, if you can believe that. So um, the bottom line is, is that there's... This guy and I both know our statistics, and it, and it's like, yeah, there there are ways around this, and you can know what you're talking about, and and you can complicate almost anything if you know what you're doing, and you can make it so complicated, and yet you're actually right. <laughs> so, um, at any rate. Um, people who don't know anything about statistics and don't know that the BS in is BS out. And I, my gripe about this with economics has been going on since I was in college and taking economics before I got my degree in econ economics. Because in those days, in the 70s, back when Uncle Milty was our professor, University of Chicago and teaching people about economics, they still used a, a lot of the Austrian school stuff, which was real economics, but economics was thought of as an art and not a science. But there was a big demand to make econom economics and a science too, because people wanted a BS, a Bachelor of Science, and all of this, you know, to be scientific to have a PhD in uh, something to do with science and economics. And they had to add statistics and math and all of the other kind of quantitative things to economics to bring it out of the art that it was and into the world of science. And it basically created all of these stupid um, statistics that go on in government that they're always quoting that never seem to mean anything because it's like arguing baseball statistics. But when we switched over and, and no longer had money, when um, Nixon brought us off the gold standard completely, we, we all became uh, Keynesians then because we were the last major economy that had real money and we haven't had real money since the seventies. Mm -hmm. And now we all know what it looks like when you don't because all you're doing is arguing theory and people can sound like scientists and have all kinds of statistics. But the bottom line is economics is an art. It's a matter of, of, uh, being able to read things and know that you're going to be right sometimes and wrong sometimes, but you don't, you know, 
there are certain things that are absolute. You don't try to sound absolute on something that is not an absolute topic. In this whole thing about transitory inflation, uh, anyone who knows economics knows that is just bullshit from the first word, from the first time they used it. This is just bullshit. Um, so they've been lying to themselves and a, a whole lot of uh, universities and government people have been doing this for, for several decades now. But the, the piper's got to get paid at some point when you're screwing with, with uh, economics and numbers. And uh, honestly, I don't know what they can do. Uh, that isn't going to result. I, we're going to have a really big crash. Um, I think it's probably maybe too late. And even if it isn't too late, the people who are in charge of uh, running the machinery to operate the government, just they don't know what they're doing. It's like if we have someone running a tank in a battle who is trying to figure out where the, the starter button is. And they don't know how to run the tank. They don't know strategies and tactics. And you just got someone in there driving the tank who has, you know, the rest of the tank isn't even going to function because the guy who's in charge of driving it has no idea what they're doing. Every person running the government is that way. Well, you have to, you have to come to a conclusion with, with what what they're doing or what they're saying either they're they're too dumb or they're just flat out lying when it comes to inflation or uh spending in less than three years the government has spent six trillion dollars or right around there uh in less than three years. And, and who has the money? Well, that's the, that's the question, right? And then, and then if, you, if you just look at... So, for example, say, for instance, food. Uh, food prices are expected to, to grow even more this year, but still above the historical average rates. In 2023, all food prices are... Just, predicted to, to increase 7.9% with a prediction interval of 55 to 10.3%. So what the way that the government calculates inflation now is not true and accurate. So they take everything, whether it's food, furniture, uh, fuel, they, they, they put it all together, and then they average it. So, so let's say that Craftsman uh, Crescent wrenches only went up 5%. Food went up 10%. Fuel went up 7%. So then they take all those and they average it out, and that's your number. Well, there are things that I purchase that have gone up 80%, 25%, 
32%. So the inflation rate is is not being reported accurately or truthfully. Uh, well, def- definitely not. So, th- so this and is there's not- a big piece of it you haven't even said anything about. Well, that, but I that is missing from it all too. So it's like, yeah, you're exactly right. Well, there's so they they even break this down further, and and, and this is, uh, this this is from USDA.gov, and they break this down into. Food at home prices and food away from home prices. Why? Why are they breaking it down into categories like that? And I'll tell you what I just said. Because they do that to skew the number. Kind of like a poll, right? You know, they, they call 1,700 people and then they go, well... So of those 1,700 people, uh, 70% said they were in favor of this and 30% say they were, you know, not in favor. Well, you only, you only questioned 1,700 people. Uh, in case you didn't know, there are 340-plus million people uh, in the United States. So uh, 1,700 people is probably not a, an <laughs> a good start or ending no uh and they've done the same thing with the unemployment rate so again this is another way of looking at our government is not being honest well it's like baseball statistics doesn't doesn't that start sounding like baseball statistics at some point where they just have they have so many statistics that oh my gosh uh, it's not even worth keeping track of so it's it's like the old money ball thing of if this guy's supposed to be a great hitter why isn't he a great hitter <laughs> you know so if Janet Yellen is such a great economist when she's running the Fed and is such a great treasurer when she's secretary of the treasury. Why is she so fucking stupid? Why does she not know that transitory inflation is bullshit and that nothing she has said about the economy or how to handle interest rates or inflation has been true? It's not been accurate at all. I mean, if she's supposed to know so much, why doesn't she know very much? I mean, forget the damn statistics. Yeah. But but that's the that's the part where people want to make economics a science and they and they get so wrapped up in numbers. And I get where they're coming from. No, I do too. Yeah. I took it, uh, which I hated, by the way. Well, and there's a lot of good reasons to hate statistics. I mean, but it's I like, hated it when I was in college. But, but one of the main things you ought to learn when you're doing statistics is how easy it is to, to mess with the numbers. For sure. Anyone who takes statistics and even gets an F ought to at least get that much. <laughs> because yeah. if you if you put garbage in, then you're going to get garbage out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just have a real problem with how all of these numbers that the Fed 
and uh, so much of government does, not just with economics, but with so many things. And, and I get where they're coming from, where they're trying to understand what's going on in the economy, but sometimes the, the more you just kind of let things work and not micromanage things, the better it works. And yeah, things will get a little overheated and you've got too much of the economy and you have to calm it down or whatever, but you know something? The people who are in charge and are trying to uh, be in charge of how any, what direction the economy goes or grows in, or how to regulate money supply, or how to do anything else, uh, they're not contributing it to anything. They're really not. They're not helping the economy. They're they're helping at the margins, but they also are hurting at the margins. And at the, the bottom line is, is that what difference does it make if unemployment is at 4.5 or at 4.6% unless you're one of the uh, people who are unemployed? And in that case, it might as well be 100%. Right. If you're someone who can't get a job yeah. and really can't get a job, mm -hmm. then those are the people we need to be concerned with, no matter what the percentage is. But these people are so busy trying to refine things down to the nth degree instead of just getting the basic of... But it all makes them look better. Well, that's what they think. But if they, if they think it makes them look better and yet they're wrong then they were precisely wrong instead of imprecisely wrong. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you? I, that's not how I come up with competence. You know, uh, sometimes you can try, you can put so much effort into being perfect. And I, I say this as someone who's being self-critical because I tend to be a perfectionist. And I, I actually had to learn how to not be. It hurt my golf game, betterness in golf, for as long as I played the game, because I was always trying to do things perfectly. And golf is an artistic sport. It's not a, so much of a do things perfectly, it's repeat. Can you repeat this over and over and over again? Not repeat it perfectly, but can you repeat it? So, you can get so wrapped up in trying to do something perfectly that you spend half your day getting your checkbook to balance and you missed seven calls that would have made you money. I mean, you're, you're a business person. You've probably run into that yourself. You know, I can't believe I've spent my day doing X instead of something that would have made me money and we all have to sooner or later have to look at what we're doing is what i'm doing right now contributing to my bottom line or not and if i can't find the the missing nine cents in my balance sheet on my statement with my checkbook and i spend the day trying to find that instead of making five marketing calls then I'm not being very smart about how I'm running my business. Yeah. And the same thing is true for these people who are trying to do numbers in the Fed 
is all they do all day long is they do this stuff and they're not doing anything else. They have this little narrow view of the world and they may be perfect at it. I don't know. But we just got way too far into the weeds with, with Henry Ford and his um, production lines where people got highly specialized at doing one thing all day long every day. And they, they did make cars faster, for sure. But, you know, do they really do things better? You know, I really wonder. They, they, they certainly don't have an understanding of how a whole car works like they used to when, you know, cars were made in a shop. They didn't make as many of them. They're highly inefficient and, you know, they cost a lot more. But the workmen who put the cars together understood the whole car. So maybe, maybe we've gotten too industrialized with our workforce and we have them repeating things all day long that are really not so important. I guess that's my, that's my point, is why do we have so many people pushing pencils, trying to be so perfect and precise when we don't need to. Maybe there's other things that ought to be done, like filling the potholes. That yeah. Are more important, you know. You want to hear something funny? So uh, I had mentioned the hearings today with the ATF. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that uh, at my form right now. Uh, my 4473. So, so listen. <laughs> I'm so trying to make sure I didn't answer anything here. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you an alien illegally or unlawfully? And I'm like, well, I'm an alien, but no, I'm not illegal. I'm not we might all be aliens. We don't know. Yeah. I'm just not from this planet. Right. But, That's you know, that. So, technically, I answered. Yeah, I answered correct. So, uh, uh, this is funny. Are you ready? A group of anti-gun protesters interrupted a congressional hearing on the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives on Thursday, prompting Representative Pat Fallon, Republican of Texas, to question whether the protesters' actions should be considered an insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. They were in the hallways. Screaming and yelling and cursing and carrying on and and who knows they may have made some threats. Why is that not an insurrection? Well, yeah, isn't that the standard? Well, I think they, it had, is. To, they had to pause their examination. They had to pause the the hearing. Well, it's awfully close to Easter. Maybe it's actually a resurrection. I have to give a some sort of. Uh, <laughs> so he said. He said uh, is this an insurrection? Yeah. Well, it's a good point. So, will they be held to the same? We don't want another January sixth, do we? <laughs> well, and people understand. I'm not making light of any of that, but understand that, that that is a public building. The Capitol in Washington, D.C. is a public building, and it's called the People's House. So, so there has been, and us included, 
Why did the police open the gates and let the people in? Well, because it's the people's house. They can't. What 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 was the re what would be the reasoning behind not allowing people into the Capitol, regardless of whether it was a Trump rally or a Biden rally? And if if the police let people from the Trump rally in, and they also let people in from the Biden rally. There would be no difference because it is a public building open to the public. Apparently, it doesn't matter if they're in session or not because that happened today. Oh, yeah. Remember the whole thing with the... I'm just asking questions here and why there's a difference. And pointing out that this is a public building open to the public. It's the people's house. We own... You know, so I might be all over the map here today, but but there's reasons why, and and I think maybe you'll understand my insanity here. Well, I don't know. I I prefer to not try to understand insanity. So uh, it's the people's house. The people are allowed to go in there. The government is owned by the people. We fund the government. I mean, I don't know if owned is the right word, but we, we, we are the ones that are literally in charge. Or we should be. Um, that's questionable uh, in the last several years of whether the people, we the people are actually uh, being listened to and things are being carried out to benefit us in our lives um and i want to segue into this because this is pertinent to what i'm saying the pentagon has just announced that the military will pay for transition surgeries for trans transgender people well let me respond to that by saying the military doesn't pay for shit the military doesn't pay for anything. Military is given a budget. Military is um, financed by the federal government, which is financed by we the people. So this goes back to why can't I opt out of this? Why can't I say to hell with you? Um, my tax money is not going to pay for somebody's transition surgery in the military. I don't want my tax money going to that. Because there are certain reasons, not because they're transgender. But once they transition, they cannot, they cannot um, participate in combat. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I just heard that. I, I, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that is. Well, they're, and, not mentally, they're not mentally balanced. Well, I would assume that would be the reason, but I... I, I well, yeah, exactly. Uh, not to mention they have to keep... Uh, w- there has to be ongoing medical treatment. It's not just a, a one-and-done thing. But, but with all that other nonsense aside, 
uh, I don't want to pay for it. Any more than I want to pay for, you know, somebody's abortion that's 200 miles down the road. And, and I think that this is a prime example of big government getting involved in things they shouldn't get involved in. The government, the government was never established. Our, our country was never established to, for the government to get involved in these social issues. I mean, they're there arguably to protect us. You know, they're supposed to make sure our borders are, are secure and that we have, you know, nobody violates our rights. What there's, I can go into the whole thing, but you know what I'm saying. Um, well, they're there to protect our rights and they're there to make sure that we're not harming one another and that the, the purpose the government has nothing to do with whether it should pay for uh any i shouldn't say pay whether the government should even be involved in someone's personal life or not so what on earth i look at it as though why do, why would you want the government involved in knowing anything about you having any kind of surgery well, that, so I wanted, yeah, I wanted to go a little further than that because I don't want it to seem like I'm picking on transgender people. Again, I don't, well, I don't care what they do. Both of those things are surgery, though. But but I mean, I'm saying they shouldn't be involved in abortion. They shouldn't be involved in health care. That's not the role of the government. It's not constitutional for them to insert themselves into my health care. So what's the constitutional angle? What? How does the Constitution apply to that? Apply to, apply to what? What is your what are your what are your rights that are being violated when the government is involved in that? Um. Well, I think that you've brought this up before, and that's, I, I'm my own property. Yeah. It's, I it's am my own. It's, so, so if mm -hmm. a woman can claim that it's her body, her choice, it's also my body, my choice. And if I don't want the government involved in in healthcare, which they shouldn't be, and I'm saying just everyday healthcare, like they can regulate or they can go after you know pharmacies for you know whatever nefarious things they're doing. I'm not saying oversight. But I'm saying the government should be in shouldn't be in the healthcare business, specifically our the Pentagon and our military. Which that's a different that's a different thing than property. Well, so there could be the argument that once you raise your right hand and you swear to the oath to uphold the uh, Constitution. And I know this from being in the military, that I am property of the United States military. And they own me, more or less, until I exit the military. Um, but does that give them the right? And these are questions. These are, this, isn't, this is uh, 
open for debate. Does that give them the right to determine for everybody else in the country to say, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to fund transition surgeries for transgender people? Well, where, where does it state that in any law? Where does it say that in the Constitution? Yeah, that's, that's a policy. <clears throat> that has nothing to do with the Constitution. But, I, but, but I'm being they're still, But they're still violating. They're still, they're still involved in the personal life of someone when that is not the role of government. Exactly. Well, that's my point. But I, but on the well, other side, I am doesn't being that forced. have to do with privacy of due process and just compensation? Absolutely. And and as you say, property, which for some reason the left does not like property rights, but it's like, sorry, that's a big part of the Constitution, and not being willing to admit it doesn't mean that. You don't own your own body. You do own your own body. And that's that's where my body, my choice has some legitimacy. And I don't and, disagree with that at all. Well, I know. And as much as I don't like it, uh, I look at it as though that is how it is. And so, so someone, you, you can do whatever you want to do with your own body you want to. It's none of my business. Yeah, unless I agree. I agree. unless you want me to pay for it. That's exactly my point. So, so bringing up what we've talked about before to tie this together, whose property was it that was left behind in Afghanistan? Seventy-eight billion dollars worth of weaponry. Whose property our, was that? Our property. Exactly. So, why isn't the government? You know, we want to talk about reparations, so let's get serious. I mean, if you want to talk about mm -hmm. reparations, we need to talk about reparations not only for uh, African-Americans and, and slaves, but let's talk about reparations for everybody, because everybody has been mm -hmm. wronged in this country in one way, shape, or form. Period. Yeah. $78 billion worth of equipment was left behind in Afghanistan, paid for by the taxpayers. It was our property. Where is my check? Where is my reimbursement check for the taxes that I paid? And I don't care if it's fifteen dollars. Yeah, I want my fifteen dollars. I want I want my fifteen dollars back because I paid for that equipment, which is now in the hands of somebody else that you were responsible for. It was your duty to to make sure that you know that quit. Granted, listen, you can you can go way as you would say, Ron into the weeds with this. Well, does that mean every time a helicopter is shot down or a tank is blown up that you need to be reimbursed? No. I'm talking about situations where the government has failed to do what their, their basic duties are and, and imposing upon me something that I don't want to participate in and I don't have a choice because the Constitution gives me that choice. Well, if you have a representative government like we supposedly do, and the people who are representing us in the government are doing something 
uh, cruel, incompetent, uh, dishonest, then it then it does get into. I mean, you can look at that as a as a criminal situation, but I think you can also look at it in terms of RICO, and look at it as uh, civil and criminal. And these people owe us back. If they were, if they're going to incompetently leave behind uh, seventy-eight million billion dollars worth of equipment, then okay. If you want to do that, then how are you going to repay everyone? Because you're responsible. And not only that, if you, if you look at the, the how civil cases go. If you do something and you've wronged someone, then there's also the opportunity cost because you've also created another set of things. You know, you leave $78 billion worth of military equipment behind. That's one thing. But then those people can use that equipment against us. Mm-hmm. Now we have to go and we have to fight the people who are better armed than they were before. So who's going to fight those people? And who's going to pay for them to fight them? And who's going to pay for the arms they need to fight these people? So aren't you going to need somewhere around another $78 billion worth of equipment to fund those people? Probably so. Well, the, the, so does, there's part of the, uh, the um, Biden tax increase include you know, money to replace the mon- uh, the the equipment that we already paid for. So isn't that a double tax? And and this brings up a whole other question. Is that legal? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, can you continuously... Listen, it's not like, like you're paying property tax every year or tax on your vehicle. I mean, so hypothetically a tank in afghanistan belongs to me but it doesn't really belong to me like it's not my property but i paid for that property i I, and 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 willingly so so that the government whose sole and and most important role is to what protect its citizens I, I'm, I willingly paid taxes so that they could pay a company to manufacture tanks and helicopters and, and weapons and, and, you know, surface-to-air missiles and all kinds of different stuff. I can't walk up to them and say, you know, I paid taxes for 30 years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the equivalent of that is, you know, $30,000. So I want $30,000 worth of equipment. You, that's not what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. However, if for the sake of argument and common sense, if you're going to make an argument that I have to pay someone for something that happened a couple hundred years ago or more that I had absolutely nothing to do with, then why can't I make the same argument? Not saying either one's right or wrong. I I just want to know 
you, you keep spending my money along with another 340 some odd million people or whoever, half the country doesn't even pay taxes. So, I mean, that's, that's a problem in and of itself that we could even, I mean, do a whole series of shows on. But you, you can't, in my opinion, I shouldn't be forced to pay for something that I don't want to be a part of. And I'm saying that the government has no business being in, specifically the military and the Pentagon, has no business in be, of being in the healthcare industry. Now, if a soldier gets sick and they need treatment, that's not what I'm saying. But you're saying that they should only be involved in healthcare if it's a soldier who's been injured in battle or something like that. that they shouldn't provide. Yeah, if you healthcare. gotta, if you wake up, you know, if you've been on maneuvers for a month, you know, in the cold and the rain and staying in a tent and you're eating, you know, one hot meal a day. I don't know if they even do that anymore because we have so many snowflakes in the world. They may not even do that kind of stuff. But we used to spend a month in the field. Yeah, and, they used to go down range all the time. Yeah, man. we'd stay in a tent and, you know, we'd have a hot breakfast and then MREs. And and I got pneumonia one time. So I'm not saying that the government shouldn't... I, I belong to them. So they want to make sure that I'm healthy. You know, I, I may have to fight one day, right? So they treat me. And they should. GI stands for government issue. Well, I was a GI. Government is in charge of me. Therefore, they're responsible for me. But, our, but where is the line of responsibility drawn? So, so let's just say I want to have, um, I want to have plastic surgery on my face because I'm not happy with it. Is that healthcare or is that just me saying, you know, I'm just not happy with my looks? Yeah. And well, and that's that's elective surgery. Yeah. Isn't transition surgery the same? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they've even, I believe that some states may do this. Uh, I've heard that they want, they want to provide inmates with, you know, plastic surgery and transition surgery and all this crazy stuff. Well, why do I have to pay for that? Because, again, these are funded by taxpayers. This isn't one of the topics I wanted to talk about, but I, I told you I was going to be all over the place. But it's well, there, there's a good argument for that. I mean, even if you get it down to the nitty-gritty of, of personal property tax on cars or on real estate property taxes every year that pays for schools and firehouses and stuff, there's a certain legitimacy to questioning everything to do with government um, tax revenues that is taken in and everything to do with tax revenues that are that goes out i mean we have an obligation to that and just because you know there's there's a whole 
whole group of people like I remember in the 80s, the so-called liberals were against the Reagan administration spending anything on the defense budget. Mm-hmm. Well, those people also don't want to be invaded by China. Well, now they don't. Now those same people don't seem to mind when China comes in and takes over. But, but at any rate, they uh, they're not very reliable, and and conservatives are that way on other some other issues. But it's like at some point we all have to sit around and, and agree that there are some things that get paid for that. I'm going to be in favor of, and some things get paid for that I'm not going to be in favor of, but that's going to happen to all of us. You know, none of us is going to agree with absolutely everything, but there ought to be enough uh, oomph behind anything that money gets spent on that it's a justifiable expense, whether some of us like it or not. But there are other things, and these two topics that you're talking about are in there, where you you have to wonder, wait a second, the government is going beyond the boundary, and they're getting involved in someone's personal life. And the federal government is not supposed to be involved in people's personal lives. Uh, That's not how it was set up. And it does violate the Constitution in several ways. Um, Apparently, there are people who don't mind the Constitution being violated in their case because they want someone else to pay for something that they want. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, yeah, the the Democrats or the Marxists on the left have found two generations that that are, are okay with all of the above. Yeah, they don't. They don't seem to mind. It's kind of like, well, I don't mind. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, whatever. But I, I don't see where your position comes from in a constitutional manner. I mean, we're supposed to have some set of rules that we're agreeing by, and if we're not going to use the Constitution and we're going to use some other set of rules, then I want to know what they are. You don't just get to make things up. But if you want to make things up, then let's just stop pretending that we're going to use the Constitution and we're all going to make things up. In which case, you know, fine. Uh, I'm not paying for any of it. <laughs> but I think that's fact, that's where I come down on those two subjects is that if the government is going to uh, be contemplated to be involved in personal lives, for something like uh, transgender surgery or uh, paying for uh, surgeries, elective surgery, healthcare basically, for someone who's in the military, that it's elective, then I think that rather than arguing about whether it pays for it or not, maybe we just do away with the military paying anything for healthcare, and we just and we go back to a military that no longer has healthcare benefits. Um, I'd rather do that and figure out how to make that system work than figure out how to accommodate a bunch of learning tunes. But 
you know, people, you know, we have military people, uh, and I was one of them as an as a dependent, where I got health care expenses paid for because my dad was a fighter pilot, and you know our family's covered for medical expenses. So there were a whole set of rules that you had to follow if you uh, wanted care. And I guarantee you, in the 1960s and 70s, you were not going to get some transgender surgery of any kind that's paid for. I mean, that's that would be absurd. Um, but that that became part of the military benefits package because they needed people to serve in the military. And that was something that they did as an incentive, just like the GI Bill, to get people to enter the military. They would say, okay, well, you know, you join the military and you get X. And they're, who knows what they're having to, maybe they are having to, maybe they are hurting so bad for recruits that they need to give, recruit a whole lot of transgender people for all I know. I don't know. They're doing such a great job of, of turning off people to serve in the military that I really wonder if we have anyone who's competent left. And you know, if it, they're competent, are they even are they even mentally balanced? <laughs> right. Well, and and if you if you make a, a if you open a debate like this, the answer to all of our problems, or or the answer to the debate is, well, if we don't do that, it's a threat to our democracy. Well, it's, not, it's actually an affront to our democracy if we do it. I've made this argument before, and I don't know that you particularly like it, but the word, how many times does the word democracy show up in the Constitution? Um, not at all. Zero. Yeah, not one time. Not a single time. And, and I, I even, I'm going to call out, you know, conservative media or Republicans, whatever they want to refer to themselves as, for using the term democracy. We are not a democracy. Nor does that word appear anywhere in the Constitution. As a matter of fact, if the Founding Fathers were alive today, I'm quite sure that they would um, uh, they <laughs> got to be careful here, I think. Yeah, I can tell. Uh they would express their Second Amendment rights for anyone who used the term. <laughs> yeah, could have been. Because they would yeah. probably piss them off. Uh, is, there, is there a true democracy in existence today? Not here. I wonder if if many people even know what the actual definition of democracy is. Uh, I doubt it. Do I doubt know? it very much. Do you know? Yeah. But I'm, you know, I, I get your point. I don't think people do. 
And, and honestly, I don't think that we need to because we're not a democracy. Why do? Why would I need to know what a democracy is? We're not a democracy. I, I am actually an I'm an authoritarian state here, an autocratic state. But, well, I mean, we're we're closer to. As you would say, I, I, I agree with you. Marxism, communism, socialism are all the same. Uh, that that we are a Marxist country way before we're a democracy. Yeah, we are a we are a Marxist country now. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the the term being thrown around by the extreme left or or I mean, for me. Um, anyone that's left of center is extreme anymore. Uh, they're just they're just playing games with that term. Oh, it's a word game. Yeah, yeah. there's no point in there's no point in engaging in a word game with someone who uh, isn't. Well, there's no point in engaging in anything with someone who's not sincere about it. Because they're not serious. They're, they're really not. There's no point in arguing with these people because you're just going to get the rules changed on you. So, you know, the, the real issue now isn't arguing with Marxists. The, the issue right now is, are we ever going to stand up for ourselves or not? No, and we talked about that last show. And, and um, I mean, we've talked about it more than last show. Uh, but I had mentioned, you know, Michael Savage and when is this going to end? Uh, and I think, you know, I, I went through, uh, what we're getting ready to post on the uh, website. And I think you and I both know the answer to that. And I think there's a lot of other Americans that know the answer. They just don't want to admit it and they don't want to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 it's, it's funny, uh, going back to the, the Trump indictment, you know, he's, he's actually called to be perp walked. He's like, I want them to handcuff me and I want them to, you know, to do all this stuff. And he's basically daring them, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. They're going to get him reelected, you know? You know, that's I, really I, what's going to happen. I think that a lot of times, you know, because I mentioned, you know, this isn't the only lawsuit he's facing. He's got some silly ass DA, you know, going after him in Georgia and some other places. And, you know, they keep trying. Why do they keep trying to pin something on a guy who's not even the. I, I, I know that he's announced that he's running for president, but he hasn't won the primary. He may not. It's a message to everyone. That's what it is. Well, and I think, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, my, the bad taste in my mouth regarding DeSantis. And, you know, lo and behold, I sent you something that three hours after I talked about it, somebody is, is saying the exact same thing. Which is he had an opportunity here to to really make himself look 
good and and do the right thing, and he blew it. Uh, I, I it just proves to me that I think he's a, a I think he's a small fish in a big pond, and he's over his head, and that he's not he's not at the point where he needs to be to be president. And and we can't afford that right now. Well, we can't. And, and well, that, it, keeps, is, it keeps boiling down for me, though, to the fact that we do have a war going on in this country, an ideological war. Mm -hmm. And the only person running for national office against Marxists who knows what our the ideology war is about is Trump. Yeah. Because DeSantis obviously doesn't get it. And most of these other people don't get it. Or if they do get it, they're not on our side. They're on their side. They're on the side of the people who pay them. They're not on the side of freedom and liberty. Trump is, like him or not, that's where he is. And that's why they keep going after him, because he doesn't have a problem with telling a Democrat or a Republican what's what. Because he knows the Republicans are just as big a problem oh, yeah. as the Democrats. Yeah, are. the Republicans don't don't necessarily want him to to be successful either they didn't from the start no and that's that's how we got you know last time i was talking for a little bit about saul Alinsky and his eight levels of control that you need to have a, a socialist state and they have control of all eight of those things now not an absolute control but they're starting to uh tighten the screws mm -hmm. they, they don't have absolute gun control but they have gun control so they're going to start tightening the screws on that they have all eight levels of control now they did not get eight levels of control to found a socialist state without the cooperation of the republican party that didn't happen in some vacuum somewhere that's not something that we just woke up to. No. And they got. So that's a matter of people being too busy arguing about uh, political things and not recognizing that they're, they're not arguing for themselves. They're well, I'll give you a good example of what you're talking about. So going back to the uh, ATF um, hearing. The, the, uh, maybe it was the ATF or, or I th I'm pretty sure it was there. The guy who invented the, um, brace for disabled people with to fire handgun. Uh, he did that for a form, a friend of his who was a former Marine who was injured in combat. So he, this, the actual guy who, who developed, patented, and, and owns the company that sells the brace uh, to assist in firing a handgun 
was testifying. And the government now is, is claiming, after the ATF said 10 or 15 years ago, that this is not a, you know, an extension of the weapon. It doesn't turn it into an assault rifle or, or a long gun or anything like that. It's just a brace. Nothing wrong with it. Now, fast forward 10 years or so, like I said, to today, and anyone who owns that, it's estimated that I think 40 million people own one of these braces. That they want to outlaw that brace and anyone who is in possession of it becomes a felon. So, so the ATF wants to charge people with felonies. And Jim Jordan is like, wait a minute. Uh, did, did I miss a bill? Did, did, did some member of the ATF get elected to this body? He said, I've been a member of this House Judiciary Committee for a long time. Um, in the last 10 years, I don't recall a bill coming through here that we signed that went through the Senate and then was signed by the president that makes it an against the law to own one of these braces. You're just making up a rule or a policy uh, based on your anti-gun and gun control uh, agenda. Well, how, how does that work? Speaking of the Constitution, yeah. how does that work? Any more than an executive order by Mumbles the Clown that says you can't own a high-capacity magazine. Uh, you, can you show me the legislation on that? Yeah. Well, and here's another, here's another piece of it. Can you show me the legislation or the uh, authorization for the budget? That reimburses people for surrendering those braces. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Or those magazines? Because they do, I mean, there's the due, due process and, and just compensation. So, well, I think they have to pay for this stuff, right? Well, I think they're, I think that they're, uh, so <laughs> this is funny. So I mentioned uh, either last episode or the episode before where Joe Biden had gone to California regarding gun control. And that's when he signed his uh, executive order. I don't even know it was in it because I, I don't recognize it. It's not a law. But prior, a couple of days prior to him going there, they had a gun buyback event. And I believe it might have been in L.A. or San Diego, one of the bigger cities. Do you know how many guns they bought back? Five. Forty-five. Forty-five. Oh, Forty-five. Wow. Forty-five. And and two assault rifles. Ooh, I've never seen an assault. I rifle. haven't either. Now I had a conversation with the guy. I don't know if I told you, but you know I've mentioned that assault rifles don't exist. And he he kind of looked at me really funny. I said, "Am I wrong?" He said, "Well, a fully automatic rifle is an assault rifle." No. And I I just kind of I went okay. I said, if you ever walked into an armory in the military and you said, hand me my assault rifle, they'd probably kick your ass out of there or laugh at you or both or, or maybe give you a blanket party because you're a friggin' idiot. 
uh, I, I've never had anyone look at me in the military who has been in the military, who's a veteran, uh, while I was in, any of my friends who refer to any weapon they own as an assault rifle, any long gun. It's I, nobody, the left, or I, we can't say that everybody on the right is not. I think there are people on the right who who want uh, some sort of you know, legislation on, on weapons. I don't think they want bans or anything like that. I think they want common sense gun laws. Now, what that is and what the definition of that is, nobody's able to provide that. Yeah, I mean, we already have a pretty common sense gun law, don't we? Isn't uh, yeah, the right to keep and bear regulated, arms. Yeah, a well-regulated militia. Yeah, yeah. And that, in fact, we... We need to have an episode or a dozen or so on exactly what a militia is, shouldn't we? I believe that maybe next time we should start that because I, I, it, I mentioned before, if you mention the word militia to someone, they almost think it's a like a a bad thing. Like Isn't it's a it's it's, it's a neg. Well, sure, because they're morons, yeah. but it's it's automatically. I mean. Just think about well, it. It's triggered by words. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, everything's trigger. Everything's triggering. Everything's racist. You know, the newest thing is is that if you drink coffee, you're you're a, uh, a racist or supporting racist companies. I, I don't even know what the hell. Ooh, really? Yeah. What, what racist about it? I, I didn't know I was a racist. Well, I, I mean, but I'd like to know exactly how I'm being racist. Well, I had mentioned. I may actually enjoy it more. I had mentioned to you a few episodes ago about how how I was called a racist for defending uh, some black cowboys and Charlie Sampson, and I thought, I, I mean, you can't you can't do anything anymore. Can't say anything. Just just the fact that you are white. You're racist. Doesn't matter. You know, the, uh, uh, I saw something the other day I thought was kind of ironic, but there was a kind of a, I, I don't like to mention names or anything, but there's a well-known girl who's kind of a, she does interviews on the street and all this other stuff. A streetwalker? Yeah. Uh, not not at the truck stops, just like universities and, you know, places like that, public places. And she's with a black guy. And, uh, you know, if you say, hey, I'm white, I'm not racist because I have black friends, that's, that's like really bad to say. Like, yeah, apparently that disqualifies you from not, not only are you probably racist, but just because you ha have black friends, you're just kind of projecting that you're not racist or, you know, how many black friends you have. I, I don't know. I guess there's a number. I mean, it, yeah. you could go so far into this. So so she's talking to uh, some black and white people. And one of them says, uh, well, I'm not racist because I have a white friend. And the black guy said, well, that makes you racist, right? Because if a white person says they have a black friend, 
that's like really taboo and automatically you assume they're racist because they use that that terminology that verbiage and she didn't know how to answer that so it's another example of how if you flip something around that doesn't count well that that doesn't count that's because you have well, only if you concede that you have to play by their rules. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's you know the. See, you my can't. my response is there's no way I can be racist because I'm not a Democrat. Well, I mean that's a great and, point. Yeah, isn't that where the home of the KKK was? Um, wasn't everyone who had slaves Democrat? Um, didn't all of those, uh, or most, if not all, of the Jim Crow laws? Well, and they brought Democrat. that kind of stuff up, too. It's interesting you say that. Um, but those were all Democrat policies. So I'm just kind of wondering. Um, it, it seems to me that if you're a Democrat, whether you're white or black or anything, the, the whole racist thing has a little more credibility. I mean, here I am. I'm a Pacific Islander, a Bay. You're a Bay. East, east of Asia. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a Democrat. So, I mean, it sounds racist to call me a racist, actually. So, you know, I, I'm. And that's usually when they shake their head and they walk away. Well, I, I called Alvin Bragg racist. Why can't I? Braxton Bragg. Yeah, Alvin Braxton Bragg is a racist. Yeah, he is. I mean... He hates Hispanics. I, he certainly doesn't like white people. Well, and he doesn't like uh, Hispanics either. I mean, he was going to put that guy in jail who uh, was trying to defend himself and had to kill the, uh, the robber. He was going to put that guy in prison. And you know who I can't. For defending himself. You know who I really despise? I don't like to use the word hate. You know, flippantly you can use it, and we do. That's a hate crime. Well, but I think hate's a very strong word. And I mean, you know, when you when you say I hate someone, what what in what context? I mean, if, if you don't know somebody. Like, I, I don't hate Barack Obama. I don't know. I don't know the man. Um, I hate some of his positions. I hate. I hate his politics. I. I hate. You know what he did to this country. But I don't hate him. I don't know him. Yeah, I do. I hate the fact that he. <laughs> I, mean, I hate the fact that he took away my health care. Yeah. Right I, when I well, it. But do you hate that he took away your health care, or do you hate him? Both. Well, and that's okay. I didn't do anything to him but, to, but, for him to take my health care away. Well, so so that just falls into, you know, our, our conversations of, you know, these people aren't working in our best interest. And, and you no. know, they just, they're just not. And, but he's a racist because I was a white guy who owned his own business. So, so he's that, very racist what, about hating people like me. Yeah. Uh, but I... I I despise white people who go around uh, thinking that uh, because they're white, 
that they're bad people. So in other words, the white guilt thing, I, I despise people who, who go around saying, you know, I apologize for being white and, you know, I was privileged. And, and No, you weren't. Not not unless you not unless you came from a an affluent family that you know you don't ever have to work and I mean most white people uh, weren't handed a silver spoon and and lived hard lives and worked hard and you know just wanted to raise a family and have a decent job the same and I think. Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, all of them want the same thing. Um, but I, I just, I don't like, I don't like people who go around, you know, someone that might approach me and say, oh, you should feel bad because you were white and privileged. Uh, no, I'm probably going to feel bad when you walk away with a bloody nose. No, you won't. Probably. Trust me. Probably. No, you won't feel bad at all. You'll have to trust me on that. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, why? You know, why would you well, feel bad about There's it? nothing to say to people like that other than, you know, I'm terribly sorry about your mental illness issue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a great response. Yeah, they hate arguing. But I refuse. I refuse. I'm just not. I, you know, I I'm say not this stuff to my own family. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to play that game. Well, no. I mean, life's short enough. Why spend it arguing with people who, um, even if you win, people will say, "But look who you were arguing." Yeah. I mean, that poor soul. And I, so I just default right to that. You know, you're just too fucking stupid to take up my time. And I'm sorry you're mentally ill. So thank you very much and have a nice day. I see a lot of old, you know, boomers and stuff that, that just seem like they've lost their minds. And, you know, because... Uh, have you seen ever seen one of them who was any sort of a real success in life, though, that was like that? No, no not really. Yeah, I haven't either. But I mean, a lot of I've them. Seen, now, I've seen, seen people like them. Bill Gates, who, you know, he's out there funding all of this left-wing bullshit and everything, but he's also not hating on himself. He's furthering his own political ideas. But he he doesn't walk around with some complex like oh I'm Bill Gates and I'm a white guy and and I'm some bad evil person or something like that. No, those are people who they they cannot understand how people uh, were successful in any way in their life because they've never experienced success. And the only thing they think they can be successful at is tearing themselves down and everyone else. And, and really, all they succeed in doing is tearing themselves down. I, I just uh, don't see the point in trying to understand those people or 
You know, it's going to be my inter- time with them. You know, it's going to be interesting. They're Ron. a waste of humanity. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. So Trump is releasing a book. I know, yeah. And it, did, you hear, <laughs> did you hear what he's going to put in that book? Um, yeah, he's, he's going to do some, uh, for instances of, you know, things that nice things Orca said about him. I mean, he's going to publish um, letters that have never been, yeah. you know, that yeah. people like, like you said, uh, uh, Orca and, and some other people have written yeah. to him. And, Good for and, him. and I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that's another reason they're trying yeah. to, uh, you know, go after him because if there has ever been anyone who has pointed out so many atrocities and and lies and corruption, um, and just called people out for who they are, I, I don't, I don't, I can't recall anyone who's ever gone that far. No, uh, no. Which is why I always say they're, they're, they they weren't, you know, Trump's not going to, Trump's not going to get the country, you know, he's not going to put the country in jeopardy. We're not going to be, you know, blown to smithereens and people aren't going to be dying in the streets. And, and as much as we may not like the clown who, uh, took over the White House in a hostile manner. Uh, we'll still live through it. You know, we've gone maybe, through... Maybe. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's questionable. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, we made it through Obama. We made it through, uh, you know, George Bush and Clinton. Uh, you know, we made it through four years of Trump. If he was to be elected, it's not like the end, the, the world is going to end. I, I believe that you, that you might have hit on uh, a good point, which is it's more likely to under O Biden than it would be Trump. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, we, we've endured some some really tough things, and I think uh, you know, in today's day and age, and I hate that, but I don't know how else to put it, but. Uh, we've got a lot more to go through. I mean, this is going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And, and I think it has to get a lot worse, uh, to get any better. Because and, and I would agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Cause it, if, if there's two ways to go for, uh, things are going to get a lot worse. Because under Marxism, things always get a lot worse. So if you're going to fight Marxism, things going to have to get worse a lot faster because that means people are fighting back. There's no slow fight against Marxism. You have to overthrow it. I mean, they, they thought they could outlast it in Cuba. And all it, it just turns into a dictatorship. There is no long-term uh, democratic socialism or democratic Marxism of any kind. Um, they've had some success with it in Europe where they still they have socialist uh, democracies, 
if you want to call them that. But uh, that's just not a good model. I just, yeah. Well, are they I, really, but are they truly socialist countries, Ron? Yeah. Full-blown socialist? Well, I don't know what a full-blown socialist is. <laughs> I don't either. I don't need, well, well, all I know I mean, is they're not free countries. Well, sure. Well, I... So, <laughs> it's funny, uh, and, and I guess we, we probably need to wrap this up. Yeah, I have to go, like, in a minute, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the comment I wanted to make was that uh, I saw a student at a, a Charlie Kirk show, and... And she's, he asked her, he said, We're, in, in what country today, what, what countries today are socialists? And she said, none. <laughs> and he said, well, where is socialism working? And she said, nowhere, because there's no socialist countries. And he said, well, he says, well, what about Venezuela or Cuba? And she said, well, Cuba was, Cuba, Cuba, <laughs> this is going to blow you away and then we'll, we'll quit. Uh, what happened in Cuba was uh, due to the interference of the United States in their um, way of life. <clears throat> and I think the only thing Charlie Kirk said to her was, "Did you ever hear of Fidel Castro?" And and what did what did the United States have to do with Fidel Castro and his regime? And I think she walked off. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not surprising. All righty, then. Yeah, that's going to do it. Melissa, uh, it is. Yes. We get to talk about Melissa. Yeah. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget because, you know, we don't plan these things. and. Uh, yeah, well, both have forgotten. Yeah, by well, Tuesday. I mean, you know, that's a few days away as old as we're getting. So yeah, anyway, uh, that'll do it. I don't now. even buy green bananas anymore. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, that'll do it for another show. Thank you for listening to an inquiry into freedom. And you can, uh, you can find us on the internet at inquiryintofreedom.com. And I will be posting what you sent me, uh, yesterday. Oh. And, uh, we're working on some other things. So we'll, we'll see you the next time. And, uh, once again, email us. Um, we'd like to have guests on the show. And, uh, We'll try to put something together, and we'll see you the next time. Hasta luego. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.